yeah, this this is my cousin. We hang around in uh, convertibles and adopt babies together. Welcome to WTF Anime episode 33, the show that doesn't like violence. I'm your host, Joe, and joining me, as usual, is Travis. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, Joe, how you doing, man? Ah, uh, you know, the usual. I'm just here getting to talk about cute anime boys. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only reason you picked this episode. Uh, can, can we just come clean now? Mm. Yes, I have lied all the time about this actually being a vaguely accessible episode of this show. Uh, yeah, I just I just want to talk about those cute, cute, blonde anime boys. Okay, so, um, no, I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, secondary, maybe even tertiary reasons that you chose this, but I'm talking, I'm talking the prime. The reason prime, why you chose this, was the cute, I want cute Shizuo animals. to break me in half, okay? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, is that go- is that somewhere later in the episodes? I mean, or is there an offshoot? Or did you just write a fanfic about that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure we'll, t- we'll talk about fanfic. Okay, this show. Uh, I love this show, but like, come on, literally everyone in the fandom. <laughs> we need some some Joe banging some uh, some da 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 boys. Uh, fanfic. <laughs> That's what we need, apparently. Uh, or at least that's what Joe needs. <laughs> it's not as good if he writes it himself. No, no, that's true. Like, I don't need to self-insert myself into things. Right, everybody else, insert Joe into things and people. <laughs> <laughs> Look, people already do too much for us by, like listening to us i don't need anyone doing more work than necessary for us. they do us a favor every day because they don't commit crimes for us remember the sign off i mean mm-hmm. we're not worth that and they don't commit crimes for us and that's that's a service to us every day mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so hey this was a very good preamble it was i'm, I'm uh, a big fan of it yeah so far if are we getting so meta and up our own ass that we're literally reviewing the show in the show? Are we going to take meta breaks? No, but that's a really dumb idea that we should do at some point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, you feel the show's going this uh, so far at this point? Uh, we need to have us sober reviewing the drunk mess that was the K-On episode. <laughs> oh man, I'd I, I do that. I'd do me some, some review that like, oh man, I'm embarrassed at the level of slur I hear in my voice. <laughs> but instead of that, today uh, we are talking about a show that I enjoy a lot. We are talking about Durarara, Episode 7, Badass Dude. Yep, um, I almost feel like I can't, I, I, I can't keep harping on titles. <laughs> but you know what? This is from, uh, you informed me, this is from the creator of Bakano. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, where I first got on the Japan needs to name shit better <laughs> uh, kick. So, I mean, it's just coming full circle, baby. We're, we're here. We're here. Back again with the guy <laughs> that can't name things. <laughs> yeah, so uh, is a was originally a light novel uh, that was adapted into an anime within somewhere in the 2000s, somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, Durarara is, and I'm going to add as many ras as I want, because... God damn, because you're drinking, and eventually, it, your, your tongue just wants to keep rolling with it. I mean, the title alone brings me joy, just because I like to say <laughs> Durarara. <laughs> yeah. And you know, in the, in the act breaks, like, they just keep going with it, so I feel like any number of times I say ra after do is, like, entirely appropriate. Durarara started off as a light novel written by Ryoga Narida, who did Bakano, and tells the story of Mikado Ryagamane, 
starting his high school life in Tokyo, specifically Ikebukuro, uh, which is a place in Japan. Yeah, it's a district, right? Yep. Yeah. So the anime and the light novel as a whole basically deal with all the weird shit that goes on, uh, including Dullahans, color gangs, and swords that possess people, and the weirdest one of all, black Russian people who work at a sushi place. Yeah. Uh, who that character? That uh, <laughs> that was a little different there, man. <laughs> is, is this how Japan interprets black people? This, this, it's a little different than, than my experiences. Uh, There's an art style choice made. There is. Um, can, can I? I mean, can I say that this may be the most unfortunate choice of the the episode or of of the characters that I have met? Can, can we put it? Can we put it that way? That maybe, maybe, maybe someone should have stopped at one point and said, "Should we? Should we be doing this?" And no one asked that question. <laughs> All I'll say is there are worse cases, so this seems pretty tame in comparison. Okay, um, <laughs> it's still not good, though. Can, can we? Can we get a consensus there? Like, no, we we can agree that it is not great. Th- this could have been treated better, right? Just a little bit. I agree. I think they base all of their... Anybody that's not Japanese or white seems to be like, well, what's a popular advertising version of that? This was like a like Uncle Ben's Rice the Sushi Guy. It, it was it was bad. Yeah, let, let, let's, just, let's just roll on. Let's just say it was an unfortunate choice that was made, but it happened, and <laughs> yeah. So the rest of the episode. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... We kick off straight into the opening, which is amazing and I love it. We basically start with a motorcycle, uh, and then we go into the same thing we saw with Bakano, which is a lot of splash screens of the various characters we're going to get to meet, and a previously on that is all the stuff that is relevant to this one episode that we're watching. Which is good, because like Bakano, there's... A lot of characters. You don't necessarily get to interact with a lot of them in the episode we watched, but just judging by the flat screen, you better be paying attention, or else you're not going to know who the hell half these people are. Oh, well, it's a good thing that we review these things and we can take notes to talk about them, because, uh, Travis, you must have written down every single name of every character that shows up Oh, God, no. Uh, uh, Full confession, I rarely watch an anime more than once. Before we get to review, it's usually I watch it and I like text Joe, "Hey, okay, I did that. Let's let's just roll in and I give you give you my hot takes." This I've seen three times now, and for for whatever reason, the moment I start watching, I can't write notes about this uh, this show, and <laughs> all their names drip out of my ears as I'm taking them in, it, it just right out the brain. I I don't know why. So, uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on Joe a little bit. He's giving me my crutch for this episode because <laughs> fuck if I can even remember the guy we were talking about five minutes ago. Who is the most important part of this episode? Who is it? Joe? Yeah, <laughs> the guy who I want to break me in half, uh, Shizuo Hewajima. There we go, <laughs> and it's gone again. <laughs> so yeah. we get a bunch of flashes of characters, and the previously on is basically. The best of Shizuo from the six episodes preceding this, which include a lot of him throwing vending machines, throwing road signs, and my absolute favorite one, punching a dude so hard that he falls out of his clothes. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good visual gag. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. The main underlining part of this flashback, I guess is people talk about who's the toughest person in Ikebukuro. Uh, and there's like a chorus of people at the end saying, Shizuo Heiwajima. Yep, uh, and after watching this episode, I can't say that I disagree. That dude is, in fact, pretty badass. You, nail- you nailed it, creator of Durarara. <laughs> and the last scene that we get in the opening is uh, the character we had right at the beginning with a motorcycle with a strange cat helmet using a scythe to spell out the name of the anime. Yes. Which is a really cool visual. And I, you don't, I didn't get much about that character, but 
she or it, 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 she seems feminine. Oh, I'm using she. It's a she, yeah. It, it is a she, okay. Because they, they don't really uh, gender identify. Uh, it, I don't, there's not much interaction with that character at all this episode. There's a neat bit with Shinra later, um, but we can get to that when we get to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was definitely a, a cool visual, and I, I really like that character. A uh, lot of style there. Selty's oh, so good. I love Selty. So, so good. So, we start the episode with Shizuo immediately being annoyed. <laughs> and this will be a common theme. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole visual gag about when he gets pissed off, there's like a sequence of events. He definitely has something that he's going to like break and throw on the ground and stomp on and then rage. <laughs> yep, yep. It usually starts with like eyebrow twitching, take off his sunglasses, throw whatever he's holding, like break it in half, throw it on the ground, and stamp it out. In this kind of opening scene, we learn that uh, Shizuo is uh, the muscle for a debt collector called Tom Sun. Uh, Shizuo, main character throughout this episode. We'll talk about him a lot. Yes. In this particular one, they're basically trying to get money owed from a businessman who has been let go from his job without severance pay and is convinced that he is in love with one of the service women at a soap land. Travis, do you have any idea what a soap land is? Uh, a soap land? No, no. I, I am unfamiliar with this concept. So, here we go. Welcome to my favorite part of the show where I talk about Japanese things that I've only vaguely heard of and researched rather than actually living there. So when prostitution was made illegal, a lot of clubs decided they'd do the most they could to get around that. They'd open like massage parlors to basically get the same kind of weird gratification from all of that. So plans are... So instead of having a, having sex with a woman... Uh, they wash you with a lot of soap to make like a lot of frothy bubbles, and that's equal to sexual gratification. Oh, okay. So um, uh, having a proper sex worker uh, is not okay, but uh, some bubble bath hand jobs is is where it's at. No, not allowed to touch a penis. It's illegal. Yeah, that that definitely is probably not a thing that, that that's happening there. Let's let's be nope, real, right? Definitely never happens. Yeah, definitely never ever. <laughs> Oh, grow the fuck up, government. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea that uh, this man does not understand what true love means because he's truly in love with Mint Chan. Uh, <laughs> oh, that name. <laughs> he doesn't even know his name, doesn't know his number, so Shizuo gets very mad that he doesn't understand what true love is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, well, then, cue the... Um, uh, he's smoking in this scene, so he, he snaps his cigarette in half, tosses it on the ground, stamps it out, and now we're, we're going to get some uh, some ass-beating of the highest caliber. Yeah, so he just reaches over, grabs a stop sign, buckling the actual pole part of it, and then smashes this dude into a wall. Yeah. Now, I don't know the rules uh, of of this world, but are people just generally tougher than... Cause I know if someone beat me hard enough that I flew into a wall, again, going back to that, this would kill me. Mm -hmm. And that seems like the not good thing to do as a debt collector because you can't collect from the dead. As far as we know, he doesn't <laughs> kill anyone. Yeah. Miraculously. <laughs> yeah. That, that is, that is like some severe trauma. Fuck it. Put, put ghoul organs in her. It's fine. <laughs> As far as we know, like, Shizuo doesn't just murder people, he just hits them really hard and they're fine. It's fine. It's fine, everyone. And as as we see, like, the Sobstein bounce off of the wall uh, after, like, be after crushing this dude, Shizuo says he doesn't like violence. Yeah, yeah, uh, and now we're going to start to break down uh, our main character, yeah? That, that's where we're headed next, is a little bit of backstory slash monologue on who Shizuo is. Yeah, there's this neat thing that they carry on throughout Durarara, which is a message board of four or five people basically talking about the goings-on of Ikebukuro. Once you watch a few episodes, 
you know exactly who these people are, uh, but they have like very different names. And they're basically talking about, oh, Shizuo is really scary. Uh, there's one character in there who's like, he's really not such a bad guy. Yeah. And th- there's some cool interaction with that. Oh, okay. Um, By the way, do we want to take a break uh, to talk about the art style or anything going on here? Um, I know that I hadn't linked it before in my head, but as soon as you had told me that this this guy was also the person that did Bacano, um It is the same animation studio for season one. Okay. So because it's something done by him, they use kind of a similar style? Right, that's what I was going to say, is that it's a similar art direction. It's not the same, though. Definitely not the same. I feel like, apart from some parts of the story, um... The shading and faces are very different to Barkano, but I think that's a lot more portraying, like, time periods. Yeah, I could see that. They were trying to get the, that that 1920s kind of flair feel to it, where, where it's all it's all gangster. Versus this is much more modern. I, I'm not sure. Do, do they even say what year it's supposed to be, or is it just sometime that's now-ish? Yeah, it's kind of nebulous modern day. One of the characters that the story focuses on a lot, uh, one of their kind of driving things is, uh, as they were growing up, the internet got big, sort of like the early 2000s, Okay, and that's kind of a big impetus for their character. Huh. Makes me wonder what that character's all about. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I fucking love the art style. Uh, Character designs are... So unique. Uh, and we can talk about it now, even though like a crowd scene is a bit later on. I love the way that they draw crowds because they give, they definitely draw like individual characters, yes. but they're all in gray. The, yeah, the only people that get color are people that are germane to the story or the, the action uh, of the scene. Or, or there's another exception. Is there? Okay. Some characters are wearing yellow bandanas or yellow, like, neckerchief things. Okay, yeah. And, like, it's fine that you didn't really notice it, because that's a plot point that, like, comes up later. But I love that even in these early episodes, they're showing off, like, yellow is an important color. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what that means, and in... Unless I watch the rest of it, I feel like I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. We have a few more scenes of Shizuo and Tom going around doing their job. Like, they go to not necessarily an abandoned house, but, like, someone whose owner left. And then we cut to a scene. This Ah, here we go. Here's a crowd scene. Yeah, the kind of lighting is super cool. Like, they're basically watching the police and an ambulance like take someone away mm-hmm. and investigate this place and yeah everyone's in kind of gray and then there's like this yellow theme like yellow hats yellow bandanas and they're talking about the slasher ooh so mysterious yes, very which is another thing that like comes up like she's where we even see someone with red eyes and it's like oh it's the slasher and they just kind of move on with the story. Right, there's a lot of seeding of plot points that I, I can see happen in this episode that I know that if I wanted any kind of payoff on those seeds, uh, that's going to be that's going to be down the road. That's a commitment for down the road, which is cool. That that's good storytelling uh, when when you're foreshadowing and seeding plot points that are going to develop later. But uh, for the 23 minutes or so we got today. Uh, it's not going to help us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool, especially with the slasher storyline, because they've been mentioned in like news stories and like the internet chat that I was talking about earlier. But this is the first time that they they showed like that kind of ominous like red eyed figure. Ooh, yeah, uh, like this is our first hint of visual appearance of the slasher. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we get more of Shizuo and Tom walking through town. Uh, apparently the whole town stinks, according to Shizuo. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem to be a big fan of the town at all. Uh, by the way, did we mention that he's dressed as a bartender? 
essentially. What seems we didn't, we didn't. But yes, he is dressed like a bartender. He is. Uh, every scene, he has the exact same outfit on, and he's dressed as a bartender. The thing I love, like, have, obviously having watched the six episodes prior, like he's always dressed like that. Yeah. And in this episode, we get a reason why, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, this this episode is entirely focused. This is Shizuo's episode, definitely. Um, although he's not necessarily the main through uh, the the main character of the entire series. This episode, he's the star. He's the spotlight. Yeah. Here we go. We're gonna have to talk about him again. Okay. So they're walking through the town, and they stop in front of Russia Sushi. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Oh. Please, can we hurry past? Well, we meet Simon. We meet Simon. The black Russian that is... Uh, uh, <laughs> Listen to our previous notes on somebody <laughs> should have asked a question and no one bothered to. Like, is this okay that we do this? Yep, no one asked that. <laughs> cool. Yep. We'll ignore the character design portion of this and just kind of talk about him as a character. We know that he is Russian himself. So I do really love that him and Tom have like a quick discussion while she's always like stomping off because he's mad about things. Uh, and we kind of get like the impression that Simon doesn't know Japanese that well. Yeah. Because Tom and him are talking about, oh, he's been weird lately. Weird? You mean in his adolescence? In the sub, they harp on adolescence and a rebellious phase. In the dub, though, Simon's just like, oh, he's going through puberty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I listened to the dub, and it, it was it was real weird. And I'm like, oh, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, that is Russian sushi and Simon. And we follow Shizuo as he kind of storms off. He walks past a character with a beanie who greets him. Uh, this is Kadota. But of course, like, we don't get a name. Nope. And then Shizuo stops in front of a movie theater. Yeah. And he's looking up at what is currently playing, the, like, the, the latest re releases. So, should I, should I go through what's on the theater? Yeah. Why, why don't you go ahead and break that on down real quick? On the walls of the theater, we have Darker Than Black... Mm -hmm. Senka roll. Um, there's another one that I uh, I don't recognize, and I think Tatami Galaxy. And then before we get into the one that's his brother, there's a movie poster for Bakano. Yep, nice little uh, nice little uh, masturbatory head nod to yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool because like obviously this is set in a pseudo modern day Japan. There are characters that are huge fans of anime and manga. We don't meet them this episode, but they reference manga uh, that's out at the time. Quick side note, uh, there's two characters who torture someone, and they ask him how he wants to be tortured, and they give him the option of two manga. One of them is very violent, the other is Black Butler. <laughs> so he picks Black Butler and they burn his eye out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool like it really does kind of give you the feel of like yeah they would be showing like anime and stuff in this in this like cinema and it kind of gives you like that breath of the like breath of the real world yeah they change for season two they changed animation studios and there was a lot more kind of influence from them they plaster one of their characters on the side of those characters' van because they lose a door, which kind of sucks, but like when it's subtle like this, and you just kind of notice it and go, hey, that's Barkano, that's Isaac and Miriam dancing <laughs> on a uh, movie poster. It's like, that's really cool. <laughs> it is a, a subtle little background Easter egg kind of thing, yeah. Uh, but the main, one, the main one Shizuo is looking at is a brown-haired guy who is dressed as a butler. Yep, uh, what was the name of the movie? It's something absolutely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> this movie, I think, is just in the kanji. Is the movie that they talk about later. Yeah. Is fucking ridiculous. That's the one I'm talking about, yeah. Never mind, I'm sorry. Yeah, so he's approached by a guy in a trench coat who, I can't remember if it's earlier or later, he's like a magazine writer. Mm -hmm. They kind of talk about the... The person that is on that movie poster, and it's like, this is the name he's going by. 
but his actual name is Kasuka Hewajima, your brother. Yeah, and that's where we get the uh, the revelation that this uh, debt collector's brother is a big time star uh, in movies. So there we go. We're, we're get we're getting a little bit more of his background. So this this writer gives him his card and then stri- tries to start up a conversation about his brother. Like you know, this is a thing I can get into to start talking to this man. Because in previous scenes, like, he's been looking for the toughest guy in Ikebukuro and has resoundingly gotten the answer of Shizuo Hewajima. So they talk about his debut mu- movie, which was Vampire Nil- Ninja Carmela Saito. Yeah. Um, you know what? <laughs> I bet if you searched hard enough, there probably is a shitty film called Vampire Ninja. Yeah, yeah, that's about, like, some Dracula-ass motherfucker yeah. stabbing robots. <laughs> Possibly. I can only hope that it stars Christopher Lee as Dracula. I mean, that that is my real and true hope. Wait, you don't want Christopher Lee as, like, a uh, supernatural monster hunter who tries to kill werewolves with holy water? Uh, no, I'd be in for that, too. It, I, I'm pretty much down for anything Christopher Lee. The man wrote a metal album at 77 years old <laughs> about Charlemagne and produced it himself. <laughs> that guy was badass. <laughs> Can we just talk about Christopher Lee for the rest of the the episode? <laughs> I, w- I, w- I would be happy to. I know I'm usually the one who like tries to drag you back on course from like trying to divert talking about an anime, but I just love Christopher Lee that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's so good. He's so good. I get it. Uh, but no, we should probably round this uh, round this out, and then like we we can talk about Christopher Lee after we get done with the show. How about that, bud? Cool, cool. <laughs> we can talk about his appearances in anime. Oh man, is that a thing? Like, he didn't show up in an anime, but he's referenced a lot. Especially when, like, they do slice-of-life stories where they talk about vampires. Like, they show you uh, the ana- like the anime equivalent of, like, stills from his mo- from from the original Dracula. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be <laughs> in with that. Alright, so, enough of our, our, our Christopher Lee corner, and back to Durarara. So Shizuo gets pissed off and hits this guy with a lamppost. <laughs> Yep, straight up tears a big fucking light post right out of the ground and smashes him. And uh, the transition I love most about this is um, before he hit him with a lamppost, he pulls out an unlit cigarette, snaps in the half, stomps on it, and then he says, I wasn't always like this. And then we cut to little kid Shizuo breaking a plastic spoon, throwing it to the ground and stomping on it. Yeah, so as we know, it's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he might not like violence, but he's real damn good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yup, that's that's kind of uh, Shizuo's mo. What? It was his brother that pissed him off the first time, right? Yeah. So we cut back, and the first time he ever got into a fight with his brother Kaska is Kaska stole his pudding and started eating it. So of course he naturally picked up a fridge and tried to crush him with it. I mean that is the the correct reaction when somebody steals your pudding. But unfortunately, um, because this is a this is not just all Hulk like strength. Uh, no, they they apply physics in the idea that the the human body is fallible and it doesn't work out so hot for uh, Shizuo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's this awesome scene of him, like, he has the fridge over his head, looks super intense, and then there's just this horrible bone-crunching sound. Yeah. And then we cut to him in a hospital. Yeah, so you you learn, although he ju- you just watched him rip a light post out of the ground and smack a dude with it, he is, in fact, still kind of human and able to be hurt. And from there we cut into a montage of him as a kid doing ridiculous feats of strength. And then it cuts to, like, an x-ray of his bones breaking. Yeah, uh, so, basically, every time he'd mend, uh, he said he'd get a little bit stronger. He's a little bit more durable. Uh, his bones were used to him trying to do ridiculous superhuman things to them now. And then we get a really cool bit. There's this kid who just shows up at his hospital bed. Yeah. Like, we know who it is if you watch the rest of it, but for you, it's just, like, some child. And... Normally, I hate pseudoscience in anime, if it's just like this kind of ridiculous, completely out-of-bounds thing. Uh, Jojo gets away with it for being, like, super over-the-top. But, I don't know, this actually makes vague sense to me. Uh, The character that we get introduced to is Shinra, 
who is basically saying in times of crisis, humans can stretch their abilities beyond the norm. Yeah. The reference they make is like, a mother can save a baby carriage from getting run over despite, you know, physical inabilities. Basically about unlocking the potential of the brain. Yeah. Shizuo can just do that all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's the zombie argument. Why uh, zombies who have dead pain receptors would be so much scarier than you think because they would be able to maximize the potential without things like the body saying, you might hurt yourself if you do this, stopping them. Yeah. And that's basically him. He doesn't have that, that limiter in there that everybody else is going, ow, that kind of hurts a little bit. He's just like, fuck it. I'm a, I'm a swing a fridge at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we go from there to one day Shizuo is walking home and uh, with his brother, and they run into this nice lady who runs a convenience store, and she notices that Shizuo is forever in bandages and says, your bones aren't strong enough, you need some dang milk. Not like, I'm afraid you're an abused child because I'm seeing constant injury. <laughs> no, have some milk for your bones. Maybe your dad will learn to hit less hard. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what, am I, am I not, not the first one that went to... You see somebody that's in constant states of injury as a child. I think something's hinky here. Nope, have some milk, kid. You just apparently have bad bones. I don't choose to think about injured children. No? Okay, that's just what it, it occurred to me. <laughs> Listen, you're the one with children, so... Yeah, and, and I don't beat them, <laughs> so I'm good. Uh, but I grew up I grew up in a family that fostered a lot, so I saw <laughs> a lot of kids get the really shitty end of the stick and then, then come to us. Not to bring it all serious or whatever, but no, like, when I see... This kid that clearly, she's going, oh, you're constantly in a state of injury. Like, I immediately go to the suspicious route, because I dealt with those kids. Mm. And now it's dark. <laughs> yeah, shit. How are we going to get out of this? Um, uh, oh, a, a group of thugs is attacking the convenience store for unknown reasons. And then Shizuo trashes the entire he place. fucking hulks out. I mean, I'm sure the thugs got theirs, but... He did more property damage than the thugs actually trying to rob the place. Yep. He he also damages the uh the woman. Yeah, um uh I think she's she's crushed by like a something. Uh, Stack of some, shells. Something like that. Uh she lives but uh at least I yeah, she lives but um doesn't seem to be a, the, the biggest uh Shizuo fan after that particular moment. No more milk for you, abused kid. So then there's a scene that I really, really like. Yeah. Because it kind of combines like this other world power with kids and siblings. Shizuo and Casca are like sitting in a playground and Shizuo asks Casca like, aren't you scared of me? Because he's done all of these awful, impossible things mm -hmm. and has like this strength. And yeah, like he, he asks Casca like, because he thinks that he should be scared of him. Right. And Casca... Casca's a weird character. He gets much more progression in season two, but even in the in this episode, like we kind of get the idea that um, Casca is kind of this coup de ray sort of character, like this kind of almost emotionless character. Yeah, um, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. He, he comes off pretty flat. Like, there's a sense that he cares, but his ability to express and or emote that is super muted. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like, it's a trope that has been like overdone a lot of like two siblings who are so very different. Where Shizuo is very emotional and aggressive, as we see, but Casca is so reserved. But I I really like it, especially in the in the interactions they have a bit later on in this episode. Yeah, it's kind of two sides of a coin. Uh, one is all emotion and can't hold it back, and the other one's just this very stilted person uh, as far as expression and emotion. So it, it's kind of neat to, to see the sibling play there. But hey, we cut from there and it's high school. Of course it fucking is. Everyone's favorite. Of course it's fucking high school. <laughs> it's always fucking high school. So Shizuo is being followed around by Shinra, who is the kid that uh, expounded like, oh, it's 
science and stuff. Shinra is the son of a doctor who, at this time, he himself is training to be a doctor. And they're walking down Tokyo High Streets, and Shinra is trying to get him to agree to a celebratory examination. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that Shinra just wanted to do things with Shizua. (laughs) I think think that's that's what this is. No one asks, hey, you want to go play doctor and uh, as a celebration? (laughs) No, he's trying to touch some bits, man. (laughs) <laughs> That's straight up what that is. So, normally I'd agree with you. Yeah. The problem here is Shinra's taken and is fucked up in the head enough to... Actually, I think if he said, I want to operate you on you, uh, he would mean it. <laughs> Man. that I mean, I don't know much about this character in... Yeah, because this episode they don't really explore the character of Shinra much, but that is a that is a weird dude right there. Then he's fucking weird. <laughs> okay, good. Then I, I I got all I need to know. Then okay. So we are introduced to Shinra's main squeeze. Mm-hmm. At least he thinks so. In his mind, at the very least, right? Yeah. So we see the biker from the intro who is wearing the strange cat-eared helmet. And they have a very one-sided conversation. Yeah, uh, all, all communicate uh, from this character seems to come in the form of text message. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, uh, non-verbal. Non-verbal is what you're getting here. So I have to ask, how much of this can I spoil for you? Uh, well, uh, a- as I am one to do, and I said this before when we were in warm-up, uh, I accidentally watched <laughs> an episode... That I shouldn't have, or that wasn't wasn't part of the show. I, I don't know if you remember me telling you this during warm up. Yeah, yeah. So I've gotten bit. I think I watched episode one, which is mostly about this character, if I remember right. It's about the legend of the headless horseman, the Black Rider, and Celty is a Dullahan, which is basically the Irish folklore Grim Reaper. Yeah, which is super cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a really cool, like, story beat. And basically, Selty, because a Dullahan is headless but carries their head around with them mm-hmm. in folklore, Selty is a Dullahan who has lost her head. Yes. And that's that's her, her beat, is she's kind of looking for her head, kind of wondering where the hell it uh, went. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you've only ever watched this first episode, Shinra even says, like, Oh, you didn't come home last night. Were you out looking for your head? Yeah. So the, I mean, if I had not watched that very first episode, I'm sure this would have been a very "What the fuck is he talking about?" moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm glad. I'm glad that it wasn't for me. But at the same time, I'm sure that there could have been some some amazing audio if I was just you know caught way off guard with, "Oh, were you out looking for your head?" Yeah, it would have just been, oh no, Travis, you misread it. She's just looking for some head. Oh, okay. Well, that's relatable. (laughs) That's relatable. Everybody can get down with that. So Shinra starts talking about, and this is Shinra's character. Like, he is madly in love with Selty. And he starts talking about, oh, this is my roommate or my future wife. And then Selty starts beating the shit out of him. Yeah, um... Can can we just talk about who goes? Oh, you're you're an Irish death spirit. Yeah, uh, you want a date? That that is not the next logical progression. And I don't know if he's just that wackadoo that uh, that he's into that or what's going on there. Is there a, a relatable story why he feels like they should be together or that that's his woman? There is. Okay. Well, at least they explain it, and it's just not like, that would be the weirdest choice for a person to make. Like, yeah, this is just my thing now. So, gentle listener, what Travis is saying is, like, you have to have a head and a face to fall in love with people. Generally- Because Travis is jaded as heck. <laughs> like, you you can't fall in love with someone's personality? Fucking men are the worst. Yeah, yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pin that on me, Joe. That's that's fucking me to a T, right? <laughs> also, generally speaking, I don't know how many headless people you know, but uh, all the ones that I'm aware of tend to be dead. 
don't, don't. My best friend is a headless person, so like, don't even talk to me about that. Like, I know everything there is to know about them. <laughs> Are you assuming their lives, Joe? That's offensive. <laughs> my boyfriend is a hand. Damn it. <laughs> That's a different anime, motherfucker. Stop it. <laughs> what is it? Uh, Yoshikage Kira? Kira, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I remember things. <laughs> you remember things from so, so long ago. It was a minute. It's been a minute. We should probably get back to not shaming me for for my, my lack of attraction to headless people. And uh, I mean, look, we're nearly an hour into recording and we're halfway through the episode. I know. And what's, what's crazy... I'm not even, like, drunk. No, me either, but um, I don't... I don't know what it is. I think it's because, while it's an action-packed episode, there's also not a lot. I mean, the whole this whole thing is to tell you the backstory of Shizuo. That's the whole reason that this episode exists. And the rest is kind of Shizuo just beating up on some dudes. And um, I guess the next important thing that we should really move on to is the fact that he is ultra-violent at the drop of a hat. Uh, and surprise, surprise, this makes for a tough time getting and keeping work. No. No? There is a far more important bit that we have to talk about. Okay, go, 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 go. So, Shizuo gets into high school, and on the first day, he meets someone. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. He meets Isaiah Orihara, who is Described by Shinra as kind of an asshole. Yeah, kind of an asshole. <laughs> and um, uh, on the uh, Shizuo side, he even like monologues in his head that like the first time he met him, he just wanted to to like murder this guy. He didn't even have an explanation. Like they didn't even have words. He just saw the guy and he's like, "Oh, I kind of want to kill you." I mentioned Shizuo was my favorite character from this show. Yeah. Do you want to guess who my second favorite character is? Is it this dude? Oh, it's this. Fucking shitlord, who the first time meeting Shizuo, Shizuo says, I don't like you. Yeah. So Isaiah slashes him across the chest and saying, Oh, I thought we could have so much fun together. And this is going to start a running theme. Apparently, they are just mortal enemies, and uh, Isaiah is, uh, as they progress through the years, kind of a crime boss of some sort. Uh, so, Isaiah has been established in earlier episodes. He is an information broker, so he has dealings with the Mafia. Oh, okay. And, oh, the Yakuza, rather. Oh, okay. And a lot of other people. Yeah, uh, he also has, uh, like, lightning-fast reflexes, uh, is kind of what, what they show. So, he's kind of the foil to, um, to Shizuo in that Shizuo can, you know, come with a huge amount of force, but he's quick enough to dodge most of the time. Yeah, the, the main thing about uh, Isaiah is that he is grossly intelligent and so far up his own ass. Oh, yeah. Like, that seems to be a combination that happens so regularly. Generally speaking, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a pretty common character trope uh, for <laughs> for dickhead characters. And I, I'm I'm not saying I relate to him anyway, but I have cosplayed him many times. Okay. <laughs> Things I'm learning about Joe Hadfield today. <laughs> yep. I am secretly an information broker who is such a fucking asshole. Nice. But yeah, uh, in fact, we're, we're going to get a couple of fight scenes here because as he has progressed up and worked with the uh, Yakuza, uh, Isaiah just, you know, randomly will send gangs after uh, Shizuo. Just cause, like, uh, hey buddy, how you doing? I didn't forget you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like a cool montage of, like, him beating the shit out of gangs and just yelling about how pissed off he is about, um, Isaiah and Casca gives him milk to try and calm him down, and he just, like, swears about milk. <laughs> so, what we get next is, we get an amazing montage of Shizuo in different jobs. Like, he's he's a fast food worker, he washes cars, he's a putty in a Sentai show, yeah. which is my favorite one. It's true, and he rages out at every one of these jobs, and is pretty much immediately uh, handed his walking papers. 
the the one job he isn't immediately fired from is being a bartender. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this time, that's when we get his brother walking in, right? Yeah, yeah. Kowska comes in and says, uh, it's not good for you to be changing jobs, so I bought all these outfits for you. Yeah. So that you could stay in this job. It's it's cases of the same bartender uniform. Yeah, the same bartender uniform that he is wearing to yeah. this day. It's very cute as well, because we get like a different side of, side of Shizuo that we haven't seen since he was a kid. Where, um, he cares about his brother? Yeah, instead of being angry at Kaska, he's just like, cool, I'm, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Then immediately we cut from there to Shizuo being arrested. <laughs> yep. Like, he's being held back by, like, all of these policemen, and wouldn't you know it, Isaiah pops up from behind a police car and is just, like, shit-eating grin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, from there... Oh, shit, where, where are we going? Where are we going? Um... So, she's was released from prison because he's found innocent. But fortunately, outside of the police station, he runs into Tom-san, who was his senpai in middle school. Yeah. Uh, senpai meaning upperclassman for Travis, because I'm sure we've talked about senpai. We have. We have. It's cool. It's got a couple of different meanings, depending on the context in which you use it, yeah. Kind of. It just means, like, someone who is above you. Right. It's, it's a superior... A, a way to address a superior. Yeah. And then we get, like, some more cuts of She's kind of learning the ropes of, you know, how to be a debt collector. Yep, uh, we we get the the video game pothead uh, scene. Oh my god, I I love this scene. <laughs> so they come to collect the debts of, I guess, these high school students or like just out of high school students, and they're playing like some weird horse racing game. Yeah, like, racehorse management and then racing, and they go on this whole diatribe of, like, how high school didn't prepare for them for the real life. Like, they don't even know about repayment plans, because the schooling failed them. <laughs> um, yeah, because, you know, in the in the real world, if you don't know what, what debt repayment plans are, that, that makes it excusable, and they are not going to want their money. That's not how that works. Oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't understand. <laughs> You're free to go. <laughs> I'll do better next time when I, I when I borrow money from you. I promise. So they notice that Shizuo's in this bartender outfit, and they're just like, "Ah, a butler. Let's make fun of him." Yeah. Oh, we're starting to get we're starting to get an eye twitch, Joe. We're starting. We're starting, and Tom is trying to defuse the situation of just being like, "This is Shizuo Heijima." And these guys are idiots and have no clue who that is. Well, yeah, they're from public school. They don't understand how debt collection works and also who Shizuo Hiwajima is. The most infamous man in the district that I'm assuming you're in, and you you literally have no clue who this guy is. Good job, potheads. Good job. So we don't have a Shizuo snaps something and throws it to the ground. We just get a, my brother gave me these clothes. And then cut to Shizuo tearing up this entire arcade cabinet. Yeah, yep. Chucking around uh, some debtors and smashing some some ele- uh, blah, blah, blah. electronic equipment. Uh, equipment. I can say words. Wow. Fuck. <clears throat> wow, how much whiskey have you had, dog? No, not that much at all. Uh, maybe I haven't had enough. That's the problem. There we go. <laughs> yeah, like he tears that place up and... We get a cute little scene of him in a crowd, like, seeing Kaska walk by, um, and there's all these, like, paparazzi in crowds, like, apparently he's gonna do a shoot, and we get a really cute little scene of Kaska just nodding at him, and Shizuo being almost embarrassed that he's out of the job that Kaska sent him all the clothes for. You can tell he cares for his brother, but has no idea how to tell his brother that and you know the interesting dichotomy here is the person that you would think or that has the the job that they should be super emotive and able to express emotion as a big time actor is actually the one that's reserved Mm. and the guy that should be the stern emotionless money collector is the guy that is constantly overflowing with emotion in the form of rage yeah it's such cool dynamic um 
season one has a huge like hiatus to season two. Okay. So there's like th- this part ends, and then there's several years before we ever got season two. And I love that one of the first things they talk about is Casca, and they talk about a bunch of stuff of why he is the way he is, yeah, and how that pertains to his acting career. Oh, okay. And it's so so interesting. Nice. Like I say, I fucking love this series. Yeah. It's a character study for like twenty different characters. And each of them have their time when you look at, like, the several seasons as a whole. Okay, I could get into that. Uh, I like character dramas. Yeah, if you, if you can get past the somewhat racist caricature of Simon. Um. He, he had very, very little screen time. Uh, so it, uh, I forgot he was even in there until you had mentioned him again. I'm like, oh... Oh, I forgot about that. I had blacked it out of my memory, apparently. Quickly, let's move on. We learn that this entire story we just saw was Shizuo explaining why he is the way he is to Selty. Yeah, uh, they're having a quote fingers back and forth conversation. (laughs) In that he's talking and then she's typing and holding a phone at his face. And again, like, this whole show is about characters and character interaction is something they get so right. and. Selty and Shizuo is my favorite friendship in the show because one of them is a mythical being, yes, and the other has is like entirely removed from humanity because of his strength. Right, they're both they're both outsiders. Yeah, and that's cool. It, it's fun to see an unlikely pairing just because their their powers or or their their upbringing brought them apart. Uh, sets them apart from everybody else in humanity, so they've got to kind of find each other to be able to relate to somebody. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of this kind of pseudo-supernatural or sci-fi sort of thing in the show, like, pertaining to characters, and I love that this show puts so many of these interesting characters in, as well as, like, normal people. Mm-hmm. Because I think what we see most... Like, most times we consume media, like, there is one supernatural force. Someone normal is thrust into a supernatural situation. Right, right. And then then you're going to get, a lot of the time, if there's multiple supernatural or other than human sources, you're going to get like a monster of the week type scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't feel like that. This is... The supernatural is much more rare and much less actively threatening humanity so much as just trying to figure out their place in the world. Yeah. And that's a very interesting take on on the supernatural because usually whenever you've got something like that, they've already got this set mission. They know what defines them. You know, this this is the thing I like to do. This is what I do. That's all I care about. And they've given these guys actual character where they're they're just trying to figure out how how they relate to or how they fit in the world. And that's awesome. And what makes it so interesting is they develop these supernatural characters and then introduce a more traditional supernatural element. Hmm. Okay, I'd be interested. Into the show to play off of all of these different characters. Oh, nice. Yeah, I I could get behind that. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, I could watch more of this because I get to say do ra 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 more (laughs) as I I discuss it. Uh... Because, I'm sorry, the, the name brings me joy. Uh, Joe and I were discussing this earlier. Uh, it just it just makes me so happy to say do ra 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 It's very good. It is very good. Everybody at home, pause. Pause for a second and just, <laughs> just say do ra ra for yourself. And Add as many ras as you want. Yeah, just go fucking nuts. Throw in all the ras. Uh, it's it's going to make you smile a little bit, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm over on how good the name is. <laughs> Continue. So with all that said about how outsiders and supernatural elements are played within this show, uh, this next kind of monologue is super interesting from Shizuo, because he talks about his connection to regular people. Uh, yeah, and how he's, he's kind of part of the world, but he's not. He has a, a very tough time relating. I... I love this line of, I can't stay with people, but I don't want to be alone. Right. Uh, you can tell that he very much wants to be treated like a normal person, and he wants to be able to, but the 
the supernatural thing, like he says, he doesn't like violence. Uh, it, his supernatural power just makes him real good at it and prone to it. Uh, and is he he kind of is at odds with himself because he's forever making himself the loner by the nature of his abilities. Yeah, and we, we get like... After this, we get a little scene of him just walking back through Tokyo streets, like actually saying hi to Karuta and saying, like, I'll eat sushi soon to Simon. Yeah. And then it looks like everything's okay. He has a smile on, he's standing in the middle of this park, and then he notices someone on a bridge. (laughs) Yeah, his favourite person on a bridge, as a matter of fact. It will not shock you to know that because they have such a, how to put this, volatile relationship in the show, Yeah, there is so much stuff of people writing fanfiction about Shizuo and Isaiah fucking. Oh yeah, I, 100%. There's no way that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I, there, there's probably uh, Kirk and Spock level amounts of fanfiction of them two just getting their fuck on all day long. Yeah, yeah. And you'd love it for it to be normal and not like abusive in any way and fucking awful. Oh no, that no, this is this is straight up some some subdom, real rough play going on here. Uh, <laughs> there's no way that fanfiction turns out any different. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a thing when you're just like, I like this thing. Like, let's look at fan art and. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 now they're fucking. <laughs> Look. Like, angrily. Not against them fucking. <laughs> I'm against the idea that they have to be either physically or mentally abusing each other. Not in, not in a BDSM, like, trust sort of way. In a, we don't understand what BDSM is because we read Fifty Shades of Grey sort of way. Oh, God. They're, they're not doing safe, sane, consensual? Mm-hmm. That's not good. Those are very important rules to have. Everybody, safe, sane, consensual. I don't care what you want to do. Follow those rules. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. It's real bad. It is real bad. I can do an episode on like how much I hate fan fiction solely on this episode or on this series. You mentioned Fifty Shades, and I fucking hate it so much because yeah. it gave a whole bunch of people a whole bunch of bad ideas and and expectations of what what kink mm-hmm. is and you shouldn't go you shouldn't go about any of that that way no no stop can it. we just not anyways <laughs> so the episode ends with shizuo standing on a bridge yelling out isaiah yep uh like you do he's all he's all angry surprise surprise this is such a calm character being so angry at the end of an episode. <laughs> but no, uh, that was episode seven. Because I don't know, did we ever bother to mention the episode number? I think we, we mentioned the title. I don't think we mentioned it was seven. Yeah, yeah we, we mentioned the episode number. But no, we get into the ending. Um, I don't think, personally, the music is as good as the uh, opening. Yeah. It's a very different style. But I love the imagery of it showing off all the characters connected in different ways. It's this one kind of singular scrolling image of them, like, holding on to each other or, like, you know, other weird stuff, all the while with this kind of black line art that's kind of synonymous with Celtic at this point. Foreshadowing, if you will. Uh, And then we hit the next time on, which is people looking for things. Yay! Looking for things. And we we actually get to see Selty in pajamas without a head, and I love seeing Selty in like different clothing, like without the helmet. <laughs> yeah, when she's not in, like riding leathers. <laughs> yeah, it's just very cool. I, I like I love Selty the character, and like her character design is great. Yeah, but that was Durarara. It was Durarara. So, uh, with that said, episode drawn to the close and whatnot. I guess it's time for me to do the thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, were there any other kind of notes that you wanted to say about the show or the episode in general? This is one of those shows that it needs time. You you can't grasp what's going on there in one episode. Like, and this was, like you said, this was a pretty good jump on episode. Like, it, it's not hard to follow, 
but I feel like it does much bigger, better things if you give it a bigger chance. Uh, a one-episode review of this probably isn't going to do judge uh, do it justice for what it really is. Uh, this one, I'm going to say it was okay, and I think with more episodes, it would it would uh, roll over into the good territory. But you do have that kind of expectation of more episodes makes it better, though. Uh, just the way they, they went about storytelling. Am I wrong? Does more episodes make it worse, like you're watching uh, Future Diaries? <laughs> Look, there are very few shows that are as bad as Future Diaries or worse. This is not Good. one of them. Good, because I didn't mind it, so I don't know. Th- this might be, be up there on, on the, when I get some free moments uh, along with Tokyo Ghoul and Death Parade that, that I'll throw on a few more episodes. Yeah, yeah, we can add this to the growing list of anime that Travis says that he will watch and then only watches Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> hey now, I'm going to get around to Death Parade too. It's just, I haven't yet. And Tokyo Ghoul is conveniently on Hulu for me right now, okay? Hey, remember when you said you were going to watch All of Oran High School? Uh, no, I, I, was that a fever dream? <laughs> <laughs> So what we learn from this is that Travis, like, do not trust the word of Travis. I, well, yeah, they should already know that. I hang around with you. <laughs> How dare. But now now you can do your thing, now that you've insulted my integrity. Eh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to insult your integrity anytime you need, <laughs> bud. Next time on WTF Anime. How do I want to broach this? I don't know. How do you want to broach this? Like, this is kind of a massive deal for me? Yeah? (laughs) So. Just shout it out loud to the heavens, buddy. It's fine. I'm going to preface this with saying I am baffled that someone whose content I have been a fan of for a long time wants to come on our show. (laughs) Yeah. So, next episode, we will have Lou from Lou Talks Anime and MangaPod, you know, those things on YouTube that are very good, (laughs) (laughs) on this dumb podcast. Uh, We're going to be talking about Psychopaths Episode 1. Nice. Hey, uh, we may be street rats, but we rub uh, shoulders with royalty every once in a while. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's our next episode. Um, Psychopaths I'm looking forward to talking to you about because uh, it's a show that I think you'll really enjoy. And then we also have Lou on, who is very good at talking about anime. There we go. <laughs> we don't include that uh, amongst our, our credits and skill sets. <laughs> How dare you? I'm very good at talking about anime. Oh, yeah? Yeah, do you want me to read out my entire essay about how part three is, like, not good of JoJo's? No, 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 I've heard it. I I listened to your fifth draw episode. You're fine. (laughs) Uh, And with that said, um, well, first of all, I I also want to say uh, I picked up a couple of new fans, uh, people that we happen to have met out and about. And I got the highest compliment, so I've got to give them a shout out. Mark and Lisa, I know you don't understand anything that I'm fucking talking about right now, but I, I thank you for the compliment that you and the English dude are funny. <laughs> we try. So, hi, Mark and Lisa. It, it, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, I think it's time to get on to business. Absolutely. So, if you would like to email the show, you can contact us at wtfanimeshow at gmail.com. And if you want to find us on Twitter, we are at wtfanimeshow. Uh, use both of those to give us recommendations of shows you would like us to watch. Right now, we are currently scheduling or trying to schedule uh, our first full series review, the first or I guess second episode of that is not quite out yet. Uh, but right now we're covering Future Diary, and then we're going to talk about Death Parade. Oh, buddy. So if you have any other suggestions of stuff we've watched already that you want to hear us do a full series review of, hit us up. And as ever, I can be followed on Twitter at the Joe Hatfield. Travis, take it away. 
All right. And if you want to uh, talk to me, uh, you can get to me on the Twitters at DiceLobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And remember, if you're tweeting at WTF Anime Show and you want me involved in the conversation, you got to tag me too. I don't run the handle. Um, that said, if you plan on live tweeting us, uh, we look up both hashtag WTF Anime Show and WTF Anime. Uh, we really do appreciate, and it brings me so much joy to read your live tweets of our dumb, dumb episodes. It's the most fun. Shout out to the patron sake of live tweeting Porsche. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Porsche. It's real good. It's real good. Uh, (laughs) and if you've enjoyed what you've listened to today why not leave us a rating review on whatever podcast service reciprocator that you uh, found us on it's a huge help for us to get more listeners and you know apparently people enjoy what we listen to and maybe other people will as well and i like how we did like a whole cute role reversal thing it's very nice yeah yeah we we totally flipped the script on each other (laughs) <laughs> That's improv. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, before you know it, there's going to be Travis and Joe fanfics that we haven't written, Joe. <laughs> I mean, I've written a lot. Like, I, I've i kind of cornered the market on that. I know. You're you're the Daddy Warbucks of the Travis and Joe fanfic market right now. But, you know, there, there might be some young up-and-comers that are wanting to take up the quill and uh, give it a go. <laughs> Oh, this is a dumb outro bit. <laughs> I think I would include fanfic of us as a crime. So don't commit crimes for us. We don't. We no, don't deserve don't, it. Don't do that. Joe's gonna read the hell out of that shit. Uh, <laughs> uh but bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs>